You're listening to Kyle Warren. So, you know, President Xi of China is coming to meet President Biden early next week in San Francisco. Well, one of the things that those two should probably do when they're in San Francisco is go to the downtown San Francisco McDonald's restaurant. And the reason I say this, well, it's going to be closing its doors after some 30 years because of the office vacancies. Nobody's working in downtown. And of course, there's hardly any tourism. And they say that irrespective of price point, they just have to close this store. I'm sure the ongoing crime might have something to do with it too. Stay with us, folks. All right. Welcome, everyone, around the globe and across the net. It is the Friday slash weekend edition. That's right, folks. It's the day of the week when we keep you entertained a little bit more than we do throughout the rest of the week. And we let our hair down a little bit more than we do throughout the rest of the week, if that's even humanly possible. And as always, we send you off into your weekend with a smile. Thank you very much. A singing host making his contractually mandated and obligatory appearance here on the program, folks. Uh, This is the weekend edition for the podcast. Welcome, and we're glad that uh, you're with us. Uh, We're getting a lot of new people finding the podcast, of course, uh, from the radio show. They're on AM860, The Answer, and then also distributed out by GCN to all of our great AM and FM radio affiliates. And uh, it's been quite a week, quite a week of news. That is for sure. And, uh, of course, uh, we have uh, this, this big meeting coming up with uh, President Xi of China, Joe Biden, and uh, we're not really hearing a lot about it. I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot accomplished there, uh, but it certainly is important that the two leaders are meeting. But here's the thing. It sort of comes on the heels of our governor of California, Governor Gavin Newsom, going over to China. He looked at the electric cars and played basketball and ran down the poor the poor child on the basketball court uh but uh but had those pictures taken for one thing right these these pictures very looking very presidential and trying to get some foreign policy cred i i think that's what this was about uh ultimately uh but yes the mcdonald's in downtown san francisco it's going to close up uh they just don't have uh, people uh, working down in downtown right now and it's so sad it's very I've talked about this before on on the podcast and also on the radio show that um, San Francisco used to be this wonderful place to go and visit uh, back in the day. Uh, But now, of course, with the crime and so forth, and I have a colleague of mine and they uh, work in the management of uh, some buildings up there. Uh, I'm down here in Southern California and they say it's it's almost as if you you could walk out of out of the building that you're in and you might go to the left and it might be, you know, the high end stores. But you just go to the right and it's all of a sudden just a terrible, you know, mess of uh, of homeless encampments or other 
kinds of issues that are happening uh, and, and, and the car break-ins and so forth. I mean, I, it's very depressing uh, to think about. But I remember back in the day going to San Francisco many different times, riding the cable cars, going down to the pier, having the, uh, the uh, uh, clam chowder and the sourdough bread bowl and so forth, and the chocolate at Ghirardelli Square. It's just a, a very, uh, just a lot of fun. I've, I've mentioned this before, I know, on the program, but, uh, but I saw this headline and I thought, well, for sure, uh, Biden and Xi need to go get a Big Mac. Um, and maybe we can start solving the world's problems. I just don't know. Over a, over a Big Mac and and some fries and and a shake and a shake, uh, folks. Once again, welcome back to the uh, podcast version of the program. And uh, we are here. It's the weekend uh, for November uh, the fourth, uh, two thousand twenty-three. And um, we're going to listen back here to a couple of different things, uh, even from the uh, from the weekend edition, the Saturday morning edition of the radio show. Uh, we've got a couple of of, uh, monologues uh, that I was uh, talking about a couple of these issues, especially, you know, very seriously about Israel and the fact that we learned in no uncertain terms, no uncertain terms at all, exactly what Hamas wants to do about Israel. And that is, of course, to absolutely destroy it. So if we have protesters out there around the country, around the world, and they're, you know, sort of pro-Hamas or believe that Hamas was justified somehow in in attacking Israel as they did on October 7th, listen to these very chilling words and don't support uh, a group that is literally hell-bent on not only just destroying Israel as a, as a nation, as a state, but also to kill the Jewish people. This is very serious stuff, folks, that we thought had been eradicated long ago. Unfortunately, evil and hate are still with us, and it is incredibly troubling. We're also going to be uh, hearing uh, some of our segments uh, from the Friday morning program uh, with our good friend Frank Salvato from UndergroundUSA.com and, of course, author of the book Nullification. And so we have a lot on this podcast. Uh, this morning. So I'm glad that you're there. Thanks for listening. And uh, let's go right in to the stories. And we're also going to look back a little bit on some of the things that happened throughout the week. One of the most significant things that happened, of course, is we got in no uncertain terms, no uncertain terms at all, what uh, Hamas is really up to in terms of its attack on Israel. And again, it, it seems to me, folks, that this sort of bizarre, uh, anti-Semitic, anti-Israel fervor that we're seeing across not just the country, but across the globe is incredibly troubling. It is something that in so many ways just doesn't make any sense. But we know that, number one, you have certain groups like Hamas, and others, their their benefactors, especially Iran, uh, you know, they they have a particular bent against Israel. But what's also very surprising is that you have a lot of people who are sort of joining into these protests, you know, pouring into the streets and in London and New York and and uh, and places all over the country and all over the world, as I said, and they are, you know using the slogan they're saying uh they're saying you know from the river to the sea palestine shall be free and on and on and in so many ways they don't even know what it is that they're talking about they don't even understand or have a a conception of what river we're talking about or they are talking about 
Uh, in fact, someone actually went out and did an interview in the street. They say, okay, what river are you talking about? And they, they couldn't name the river. By the way, uh, the answer is it's the Jordan River. And of course, the sea would be the Mediterranean Sea. And the idea that Hamas and so many others uh, of their ilk have is to push Israel into the sea. Now, let's listen in here briefly. This is, um, I believe his name is uh, Ghazi Hamad. Now, Ghazi Hamad evidently, get this folks, as we mentioned earlier this week, evidently is the uh, deputy foreign minister for Hamas. Okay, so Hamas trying to look legitimate and described, uh, by the way, as a Hamas official in, in, in news publications and so forth. He's a Hamas official. I, I thought he's a terrorist. He's one of the chief terrorists. Maybe we should just call it what it is, right? He's one of the chief terrorists, one of the chief architects of the people who went in and massacred Jewish people, Israelis, and others of uh, different uh, nationalities and, and ethnic groups. And they did all that on October 7th after planning it for over two years, it would seem, or at least upwards of two years, with some training in Iran itself. Let's listen to what Ghazi Hamad, this is through a translator, by the way, what he said about Israel and what they want to do to it. Israel is a country that has no place on our land. We must remove that country because it constitutes a security, military, and political catastrophe to the Arab and Islamic nation and must be finished. We are not ashamed to say this with full force. We must teach Israel a lesson, and we will do this again and again. The Alaska flood is just the first time, and there will be a second, a third, a fourth because we have the determination, the resolve, and the capabilities to fight. The occupation must come to an end. Occupation where? In the Gaza Strip? No, I am talking about all the Palestinian lands. Does that mean the annihilation of Israel? Yes, of course. The existence of Israel. Does that mean the annihilation of Israel? He said yes. The annihilation of Israel. They are serious, folks. And you know what? We are serious, too, about that. The world needs to stand up to this kind of evil that we thought had been done away with at the end of World War II. Folks, stay right there. Much more coming up right after this. You're listening to Kyle Warren. One of the things, oh, and by the way, don't forget, you can head over to my website, kylewarrenshow.com. And you can send me a direct message. You can also follow me and join me on social media, uh, most uh, most specifically uh, Facebook and, of course, X or, you know, Twitter, basically, but X. And uh, you can find out more about the show. You can subscribe to my podcast and you can find my podcast on different podcast services as well. We have a lot of links there including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and a Podcast Republic. Uh, we've got our home of Podbean. We've got Spotify uh, as well. Got a nice message off of Spotify uh, here in the last couple of days. So, again, uh, you can find out more about me, more about the program, simply by going to KyleWarrenShow.com. Well, that um, audio that we heard in the first segment, again, is very chilling because we have in no uncertain terms This isn't beating around the bush. This has nothing to do with nuance, right? Nothing to do with nuance. The group called Hamas is hell-bent to destroy Israel, 
Remember, it's not the size of Israel that is the issue here, and it really never has been. But what has been the modus operandi for the last at least 50 years in all of this, and that is to, you know, well, Israel needs to give up this part. You know, okay, we, we need this, and you need to shrink here, and you need to give this part up, and you need to guarantee this, and no more settlements over there, right? But all the while, this has nothing to do, nothing whatsoever to do with the notion of of making an, a, a real peace, a legitimate peace, a, a constructive peace with Israel between Israel and the Arab world. Now, uh, now is now Israel has uh, had uh, relations, uh, in normalized relations with different countries, of course, and there have been some peace accords and whatnot. But these terror groups that, of, of course, are the arm of countries like Iran, you know, they continue this this fight. And, you know, over the last 20 years that I've been involved um, in, uh, we started out real early in back in the back in the old days. I mean, this will really, really kind of get in the way back machine. Back in the old days, uh, we were uh, involved with Internet radio that was just starting to come along. And there was this thing called real audio. Now, some folks out there might might even remember that there was this thing you could get for you. You install it on your computer. It was called Real Audio, and you could actually pick up you could actually pick up a live stream back then. So this was even predates podcasting, right? It predates podcasting, but um, but I remember even back then. You know, we would be talking about this stuff and then we would see that hey, we're getting to a point where we might have a peace accord. And then what happens? Terror attacks. Every single time, I'm, I'm not trying to be flip, but you could almost set your watch by it. Because there are groups and there are entities and there are powers that be that just don't want Israel to have any peace or to have any peaceful coexistence in, that, in the region. It's, it's just that simple. And now what is so weird and perverted now is this notion that is this notion that the the whole world you know and i'm i'm maybe overgeneralizing a tiny little bit just to make my point but the whole world seems to be coming against israel and it comes against israel in order to say that israel is uh, it's an apartheid state uh, it is, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a Nazi state. We've heard this one too. Uh, you know, we've heard all this stuff about Israel, and somehow, uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. And this is uh, again, this is simply sort of taken hold. Now we've heard also about a ceasefire. Right. We've heard about a ceasefire in the region or at least calls for a pause, this kind of thing. Mike Pompeo, who did not come out to run for president, by the way, a former secretary of state, used to run the CIA, so forth. um, And, of course, representative uh, in Congress. um, Mike Pompeo has come out and talked about this idea of the ceasefire, that it would only result in the death of more Israelis and Americans. And I think he would be talking about that because having a ceasefire means that Hamas gets the chance to regroup 
Because remember, Hamas doesn't care about the humanitarian disaster, right, that we hear about going on in Gaza. And nobody wants there to be a humanitarian disaster, but Hamas certainly wants, because we had the other quote from one of the other Hamas, quote, leaders the other day that said, oh, yes, well, we need the blood of the of the elderly, of children, of women in order to light the fire, basically, for bringing people to the revolution. I mean, this is sick. It's just sick stuff. And I'm saying that in, in all in all seriousness. Let's listen in to Mike Pompeo. I believe he was talking to Sean Hannity on Fox News, but he had a lot of good things to say here. Let's listen to him here real briefly. Sean, there's there's no logical explanation. Uh, if you put America first, you definitely want Prime Minister Netanyahu to do both uh, his duty, that is to destroy Hamas, uh, and to complete that mission in its entirety. And you don't need him having a second front here in America, right? You're fighting Hamas, and now you're fighting the Biden administration. Finding a Biden administration that has clearly just simply lost its way. It, for, it forgets already now, just short of four weeks, what actually happened there and is trying to sort of to, to restrain them. And to hear Senator Durbin talk about a ceasefire in exchange for hostages. Look, we, we want all these hostages home. We want every American home. We've had Americans killed. But make no mistake about it. If, if, if Netanyahu were to take that deal and get the hostages out in exchange for allowing Hamas to continue to threaten Israel, it would only result in the death of more Israelis and more Americans. And then lastly, Sean, you know, I heard President Biden speak today and I heard Secretary Blinken speak today. Neither of them identified the real problem set here, which is Iran. They continue to coddle. They've given them $70 billion. It has fueled and set the context for the barbaric actions of which you spoke and Prime Minister Netanyahu has spoken, uh, to give Iran more money, more time, a ceasefire, would only create enormous risk for Israel, for the Gulf Arab states that are having rockets fired from Yemen, and for us here at home in America as well. Well said. Well said. Mike Pompeo. And yes, the Biden administration looks like they have forgotten what happened and they are trying to they're trying to navigate this because they're afraid now there could be losing votes that's what they're afraid of folks stay right there we're coming right back right after this you're listening to kyle warren and of course we're broadcasting to our flagship station am860 the answer there in tampa florida and good morning to everybody at gcn of course who distributes the program out to our great am and fm affiliates uh, for the program as well so wherever you are whatever you're doing friday morning is here and uh, we have an awful lot to tell you about and to talk about and we're glad that you're there somebody else that we're glad is there this morning of course is our good friend frank salvato he's from undergroundusa.com and also author of the book nullification good morning frank mr kyle all right well here we are it's finally friday uh, we also understand, of course, that there's the latest developments in Israel. We understand that the uh, IDF has surrounded Gaza City. But at the same time, we've got a U.N. official who's resigning in protest because he says Israel is a textbook case of genocide. Well, the U.N. is a textbook case of, of pro-Palestinian. Well every said. Yeah, of, yeah every, every one of their votes uh, you know, yes, we we want to we're on board with the ceasefire. Yeah, we, we are. But, hey, we have to make sure that we fall down on the side of the fellow of, of the Palestinians. When's the last time they actually fell to the side of the Israelis 
when when the Palestinians have attacked them. Never. I, never. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. And when you've got China and, and Iran holding positions on the Security Council and the Human and the Human Rights Council, you have to laugh at this organization. They haven't done what their mission statement was was chartered out to be. They were supposed to be a body for dialogue to prevent war and prevent genocide, and they've failed time after time after time. So the guy wants to resign because he's hyper pro-Palestinian? Be my guest. Well, we should be we should be pulling back from there because they never fall to the side of peace. No, I, I think you're right, and uh, and and certainly, of course, uh, you know the uh, the United Nations created Israel essentially back in 1948. I'm curious how long is it going to be before all that is declared racist uh, and <laughs> retroactively bad, and somehow the United Nations will then really start to try to hone in on destroying the state of Israel, uh, at least politically, and saying it needs to be disbanded. I mean, I, I, I'm just I wouldn't be surprised by anything at this point. No, and I, and they will do it incrementally, little by little by little by little, until they actually have canceled Israel. You know, they're not going to they're not going to say we're taking your country away, but they're going to have no no teeth in that body. But that's how useless the body is. I mean, think about it. How many times have they stood on the sidelines, wringing their hands when genocide was occurring, as the people in the countries that were being affected by the genocide screamed for help? Right. Sierra Leone, Uganda, you know, Rwanda, just just go right down the line. They've, they've they've done nothing but talk, talk, talk. And it hasn't avoided any violence. It hasn't avoided any loss of life. But yet every all the countries keep pouring money into that organization, especially the United States, and nothing ever happened. Well, no, you're Food right. Aid. And this is something people don't understand. This is something people don't understand. They deliver food aid to the docks at, at these third world countries, and the warlords immediately confiscate the food to force people to do what they want to do. Indeed. Indeed. You know, so so what is it accomplishing? Well, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, it, I think we're going to see a lot more scrutiny. But at the same time, we may see... Uh, calls for UN peacekeepers. There was a, actually an article, I think, in Reuters here a couple of days ago uh, talking about the U.S. may uh, consider something like that because they're trying to figure out what to do in a post-war Gaza. But uh, peacekeepers uh, from the U.N. may just be a worse disaster. Well, in just about every place they've gone, there have been charges against the Blue Helmets that said they were not acting appropriately. And in some cases, in, in African countries, they've turned out to be worse than the thugs that were in control. Right. So, I, you know, why, 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 why are we allowing any of this? Why are we involved in any of this? Uh, let's, first, let's see what's left of Gaza when the Israelis are done, and, and then we can go from there. But a, a corrupt organization that, that grifts off other nations soaking them for money every single year, uh, occupying prime land in Manhattan, by the way. You, does Mayor Adams want to have uh, have space for the people who are coming over the border and getting shipped to New York? Kick the United Nations out and give everybody luxury apartments. 
they have a nice building already built uh, that could do that. A nice high rise. You're right. It would look really nice right there on the river and everything. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when you start to get into uh, the immunity that these quote unquote diplomats and their staffs have uh, from the in the United Nations, oh, the yeah. city of New York and anywhere around the United States, it's ridiculous. Well, in, indeed, and uh, it just it, it, it to host it right now. Of course, obviously, if it was if it was a different kind of body, if it if it had a whole different sort of thrust, you know, maybe it might be a different story. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely and if you're regional conflict and things like that, it, it can maybe be helpful. But at this high level, with the players involved, very difficult. Uh, Frank, hold on there for a moment. We're going to head out to the first break here of the hour. And callers, you hold on as well. We'll bring you on here as we get to the other side of this break. We're going to pay a couple of bills and be right back with Frank Salvato, UndergroundUSA.com. Stay right there. You're listening to Kyle Warren. Thank you for listening this morning. Here we're live on this Friday morning, 949-822-7959. That's the number to call in. And, of course, we've got our good friend, Frank Silvato, UndergroundUSA.com, and of course, author of the book, Nullification. Good morning again, Frank. Mr. Kyle. <laughs> All right. Well, tell you what, why don't we head on over to the telephone line here real quick. We have callers who are patiently hanging on. Uh, we've got Mary in St. Pete, I believe. Is that you, Mary? It is. Good morning. Good morning. Um, the, the caller who called in about Dearborn, Michigan, I think what he's talking about is that the big mosque there. The IMOD or IMOD is calling for. I think. I think to study the religion helps a little bit. Waiting for the twelfth IMOD to appear, and before that happens, it seems like there have to be flashes in the sky, and the blood has to be the earth has to be washed with blood. Um, it might be what he's talking about, uh, in that he's getting a little bit violent out, up there in Dearborn, Michigan. Um, but the reason I was calling is mm-hmm. that, of course, I'm reading uh, alternative news, so to speak, from the computer, and I have not heard a word about bankruptcies from big companies like Evergrande, uh, Rite Aid is filing for bankruptcy, and Johnson & Johnson, and maybe CVS, but I don't hear anything about that in any other news but the things that I'm reading and I wanted to ask about that just to kind of check my own resources and see if Frank would have heard about that or read about that. Okay. Um, that's Good question. What I wanted to ask. Good question. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Mary and St. Pete, everybody. What do you think, Frank? Well, and uh, to, to the first point, uh, she's talking about the Mahdi, and then those are, uh, the, they call them the Twelvers over in uh, Ahmadinejad was a 12er over in Iran when he was around as president over there. And yeah, it's, they're waiting for the, the boy to come from the well. And, and there has to be a great bloodletting before that can, that can happen. It's almost like sacrifice. If you look at it, it's very, very weird. Uh, as far as the bankruptcies are concerned. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people are restructuring. They're not going out of business. But this is a result of, of what bad policy that the feds have had and bad stewardship at the corporate level. You don't spend beyond your means. You, you reinvest capital. 
and and you watch the trends that are happening not only in the stock market but where the fed is going to go you know we talk about this a lot you and i kyle when we talk about the federal reserve they're not a government agency they're they're a cabal of the biggest bankers from around the from literally from around the world we just have the 12 chairs here in the united states and they manipulate the worth of money right. it's not con not connected to anything tangible it's not we're not on the gold standard they set rates, artificial rates, to manipulate money, and when they need to print more, they do, and when they need to shut that machine down, they do that too. So you, you've got morons like Janet Yellen, and you know people think that's a little, little rude, but it's not. Look at her policies. They're horrific. They have no fiscal discipline at all, and she comes out and says, "Yeah, we could afford we could afford a, a two theater war," <laughs> which is not right at all. That's not true. No, yeah. it's absolutely not. We can't afford any war because we're I think thirty three trillion dollars in debt now, Indeed. and then they and they just keep printing money. Congress keeps spending money. Biden keeps spending money, giving money away to anybody who asks for it, except for the taxpayers. Right. Well, exactly right. Tell you what, let's hit another telephone call. Bob and Banning, is that you? Is that Bob and Banning on line one? Well, for 60 years, we've been under the tax and spend Democrats. President Kennedy's policy of cutting taxes, cutting spending. They didn't like him, the Socialist Democrats. And they got him out of the way. And we've had 60 years of tax and spend, tax and spend. And these people, I went to the Wharton School, they'd flunk out, you know, Janet Yellen would flunk out of the Wharton School. She'd be flipping uh, burgers at Burger King. And what we've got to do, the country's being destroyed by the runaway uh, uh, invasion of the country, which is depressing wages. And, and we have a squeeze on profits because of uh, mm -hmm. wages being raised too high. And we don't have an equitable foreign policy. An equitable foreign policy treats all nations the same. We don't favor uh, Israel because of emotionalism. And um, anti-Semitism is bad, but anti-Muslim is, is bad. And the UN, uh, whether we like it or not, represents world public opinion. And world public opinion is saying that Israel's using excessive force and technically engaging in uh, in a genocide. Okay. Over there. Okay. The so, truth. so, so that's your comment about uh, about the UN or about American foreign policy. So let's give uh, let's give well, Frank a chance well, to the, uh, to respond. Well, the foreign policy and domestic policy are tied together. Okay. So equity, let, let's so let's let's give Frank a chance to respond. I appreciate it, Bob. Uh, hold on. Uh, and uh, Frank, what do you think about what Bob and Banning is saying? Well, he's he's right about the about the two economies being intermingled because we have a globalist world. If we were being constitutional about things, we would be making sure the economy here in the United States is is executed properly first, and then our benevolence would go overseas. But we don't do that anymore. We're just we're throwing money we don't have overseas constantly to see no results. Um, as to his his idea that. Uh, that Israel is, is using excessive force, I couldn't disagree more. 
I couldn't disagree more. You don't lob 5,000 rockets into civilian areas and say that that doesn't call for a response. It absolutely calls for a response, and especially since ever since the beginning of the country of Israel, which the United, like you said before, the United Nations, this chartered Israel. Right. This is it. After World War II, this is your homeland because Hitler extinguished six million Jews, among millions of others, I might add. But ever since their creation, the Arab world has sought to push them into the sea. That's you, right. You look at, no, to you look at to the America. many attacks that the Arab world has, has executed against Israel, and you're trying to tell me that they should just take 5,000 rockets and, and go to the ceasefire? There, well, there, it, there's there's something in the Islamic culture called a hudna, and and the Islamic culture has executed it dozens of times with Israel, and what a hudna is is the appearance of a ceasefire to regroup, rearm, and re-strategize. That's what the Arab world, especially Hamas, Hezbollah, Palestinian Isla Islamic Brigade, all of these terror groups that occupy the that are in the West Bank and Gaza and on the outskirts. They execute this all the time. So mm -hmm. to say that we should look at these two sides equally, that's ridiculous. Well, and nobody called for Hamas to suddenly ceasefire the rockets while the whole thing was going on. Nobody said hardly a word about the actual massacre you know that, uh, and then and then you have the the uh, the Hamas deputy foreign minister. That's a joke. Uh, come on and say, well, we didn't have it. We didn't expect to kill anybody like that. We were just going after military people. And I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's absurd. Absolutely, and and in the Islamic culture, and this is written and and alluded to in the Quran and the Hadith, the. Islamic world has an obligation to Muslims throughout the world to give them aid. So there's no reason the God that the Palestinians shouldn't be absorbed into the Islamic world. They have an obligation to do this, but no, they want Israel's land. Indeed. They, they want Israel's land and they're willing to, to launch 5,000 rockets into an urban area and all, and all across the country of Israel because they want their land. This is this is a, a blatant violation of what the Islamic faith says. Muslims around the world are supposed to reach out and take care, and this and this is a direct edict from from Muhammad, to take care of their fellow Muslims. How many refugees are being absorbed into the Arab world? Yeah, zero. I'm pretty sure zero. zero. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Egypt and Jordan forbade it. Well, that's right. Well, they want people concentrated there so they have this problem that keeps getting exacerbated because the goal is to destroy Israel. No, and, and therein lies my, my problem with Bob's statement. <laughs> no kidding. Folks, stay right there. And uh, Frank, can you stay around for another segment? You bet. Sounds good. Frank Silvato's going to stick around, everybody. Caller, you hang on the line as well. And we'll be right back. The telephone line, of course, 949-822-7959. That number again, 949-822-7959. And uh, right back here with us is Frank Silvato. Good morning, Frank, again. Mr. Kyle. Well, you know, we've got another caller who's been patiently waiting on the line. I think this might be Backgammon Bob. Uh, is this Backgammon Bob? Good morning. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, I want to say a couple 
couple things with Kyle. Sure. Number one on the UN, we need to get them out of this country. They're nothing but a place for spies to come into this country. They're an expense, and like you, and like you mentioned, they have this immunity which they can do anything, double park anything. We just need to get them out of this country. Probably, probably Europe, but maybe even Beijing. For all I care. The second thing is we need to bring a lot of our uh, things back to this country. We don't need to be in these foreign entanglements. We, like you said, we have to take care of this country first. We need to get our border secure. We need to get our economy secure. On Israel, Israel is like I draw it analogous to a house in which you've got a back bedroom in which there are a bunch of criminals in which are trying, which are ready to take over your house or trying to. You've got to take that and just wall them off, and that's what they need to do. To, that's what they need to do to to Gaza, and they've started to do that because uh, Netanyahu is expelling all the uh, Palestinians out of Israel and suspending all aid. They just need, need to totally shut that place off. And uh, that mm-hmm. the last thing I want to mention is this is essentially a religious war because the Muslims thing is to basically first they want to get rid of the Jews, and after that. They want to uh, get rid of the Christians, too, down at the core of their religion. You can see that. What do you think, Frank? Well, it's, it's absolutely spot on. This is If you've read the Koran and the Hadith, and you have to read them together in order for it to make perfect sense, but according to their religious scriptures, it is a, it is a, a dogma that is supposed to rule the world with everybody else, every other ideology, being subservient to Islam. It says that they are, are supposed to smite the Jew that hides behind the rock. Those are, those are the words in the text. And, and as far as it being a holy war, it's always been a holy war for the Islamists and the Islamofascists. Um, when we right. talk about, you know, after 9-11, we kept saying radical Islam is, is insane. Radical Islam has to be combated. It's not radical. If you're a devout Muslim and you follow the word of Muhammad to the T, this is what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, well, this is this is what a devout that's, Muslim that's who follows the Quran and the Hadith to the letter. This is what's expected of them. So for us to be shocked at this is ridiculous. If you look at the acts of, of aggression throughout the history of Islam, which has not been around since forever, it, it began in the six hundred in in the in the seventh the seventh century. You know, it's a it's not like Christianity. It's not like Judaism. It, it's it's relatively, as far as religions are concerned, it's relatively new. It's the new kid yeah. on the block. So for them to be claiming right. holy places that Jews have been in for three thousand years, that's just ridiculous. But it well, is you know who but, Muhammad was, don't you? What what was that Frank? back in me, Bob? I said you know who Muhammad Muhammad was nothing more than a warlord who went to into a cave and came and came back and said he saw a bunch of revelations and stuff. That's he, right. He was nothing a, more than a conquering warlord. Yeah, he went. He went out. He went out into the desert and said that Allah had, t- had talked to him directly, and then started because he was illiterate. And I know that's going to garner me another fatwa. I've already got one on my head from the cleric over in Saudi Arabia. But he was illiterate, and his Jewish wife helped him initially start to write the Quran. 
Well, and of course, but what we're seeing today, though, of course, as you as you mentioned, you know, this is, you know, historically, you know, you go back to Jerusalem, the original inhabitants there were Jebusites, if I recall correctly. Uh, but a lot of this, the land of Israel was originally the land of Canaan. Of which uh, the which the uh, children of Israel came in and subdued, starting with Jericho, basically, uh, and uh, so yeah, so there's a there's a historic footprint there, um, even though you might see the word Palestine used in conjunction with say the the Roman times back then, uh, as far as I can recall, uh, it, it there there isn't a Palestinian homeland in that area, other than to say maybe Jordan, for example. Now, people who were back in the in the days of the Roman Empire, um, they called them Philistines, and they were people who were who were expelled from the Roman Empire proper to wander to have no land. They were nomads. So this idea that they've got historical roots in in Israel and especially in Jerusalem, it's a false narrative. Well, and it, and oh, I don't mean to interrupt, Frank, but the but even so. You know, there seems to be, you know, the a notion these days that you you don't you don't commit genocide on other people, that you don't try to, uh, you know, eliminate them from the face of the earth. I mean, if this was anything other than the Palestinians, quote unquote, going against the Israelis, if this was happening in another land in another country, two different peoples, uh, there would be a huge outcry. But this seems to be like, well, no, it's really okay because, you know, the the Palestinians have a point here that that this is what we're hearing. Well, this is this is another example of an ideology taking hold and and the manipulation of of truth to the masses. We, you know, some people who are brave enough to say it, talk about what Mao did, talk about what Stalin did. There's there's nothing non-genocidal about their takeovers of of the countries that they were running you know tens of millions of people right you know so you've got an ideology like like islam that pretty much mirrors a marxist ideology as well when it comes to conquest right and nobody wants to put two and two together so bob uh uh, backgammon bob you had something else you wanted to say yes i just wanted to say one thing uh, genocide is against a race. The Jews are are a religion. They are not a race, right? No, I, be, I believe it's a dual. It's a dual thing. There, it is a, it is a religious state. But that state is based on the on the Jewish dogma. So you know, um, the way right. That in other words, what I'm saying is, if if, if, if a uh, Westerner converts to, to Judaism, they're considered a Jew, aren't they? Right, but they also have they also get a homeland. They could be re- repatriated with Israel as a citizen. That's what I'm saying. They, yeah. So in, in <clears throat> essence, they can't commit genocide against the Jews because they are not a race; they are a religion. Well, anyway, I I, be, I, I believe the the, the definition re- of genocide has kind of morphed over the years. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway. All right. Thanks a lot, Kyle. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks. Uh, and Bob, call anytime. And uh, always great to hear from you. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Frank, it just seems like the the world has just sort of gone crazy. That's the technical 50 cent political science term, I think, <laughs> that we're supposed to use for it. <clears throat> Pardon me. But it, it, uh, it does. When you have people 
who are walking out. They actually walked out of a Hillary Clinton lecture at Columbia, yeah. I think, because uh, they're saying that Israel is responsible for the October 7th attack. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say this again and again, and it's a truth that needs to be repeated and we need to start saying it louder. College students are supposed to be going to these institutions to learn. They're not supposed to be declaring truth. They're, right. <laughs> they're, they're just one year out of high school, and you're trying to tell me that they know about, they know intimately about world policy and world events? They don't know Jack. They don't know Jack. And, and when they get out of college, you know, if you want to put it in a context of a corporation, they don't go straight up to executive vice president. They got to work their way up there because they need to learn. So just because you've got countries like Qatar, or as MSNBC has to say, Qatar, you know, just because you have countries like that throughout the Middle East who are dumping money, and this includes China, by the way, yeah. dumping money into the university systems to propagandize kids who don't know anything yet, to, to, to manipulate it, them into thinking that they do know about world events without even bothering to go to class to study it. That's we've got to take another look at our university system because the administrators yeah. have completely failed in their obligation to install critical thinking into college students. Indeed. Right now, they throw on the scarf, march through the street, say they know everything. And they got they a don't. slogan. And they got a slogan. But yeah, Frank Salvato, thanks very much. We're going to talk to you on Monday, sir. Stay long, my friend. You too. Frank Salvato, everybody. UndergroundUSA.com. Author of the book, Nullification. We're coming right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, folks, thanks so much for listening here on the podcast version of the program. We're going to see you bright and early on Monday morning, AM 860, The Answer, TheAnswerTampa.com, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend, everybody.